Welcome to worship at MCC Lehigh Valley. Come to the water, all you who thirst. Come, drink deeply from the river of life. Come to the water, all you who are weary. Come, rest in the quiet pools of God's love. For God is here among us, washing away the dust and grime of our lives and pouring out the Spirit on all who thirst. Let's worship God together. Amen. His love is like a river. in confession we want to celebrate we don't want to listen we want to hang out with Jesus and have a good time we often want our faith to be one of entertainment but we cannot stay where we are comfortable and snuggled down in the familiar there is much to learn and much to be done and many people to reach with your grace and love Forgive us, Lord, when we are stubborn and willful. Remind us that you are with us wherever we are. Prepare us, Lord, for the journey. Help us to listen to you. Heal us, Lord, for we ask this in Jesus' name. And as your sibling in Christ, let me assure you that we have a God of everlasting, never-ending forgiveness. God forgives us, restores us, makes us whole again 
and again and again. Praise be to God. Well, we are on holy ground, and we're on praying ground. And so we're going to take some time in prayer this morning. And prayers especially, we could focus all sorts of positive prayer energy on Ukraine. And let's pray for peace in Ukraine. Uh, pray for diplomatic uh, resolution. Uh, prayers also that God might heal any divisions in our country. Uh, prayers also for the church, MCCLV, uh, for God's help in spreading God's good word. Uh, so in just a moment, I'm going to pause, and into that pause, those who are in person are asked to speak aloud any prayers they may have. For those who are worshiping online today, you can type your prayer request right into the comments there of the worship broadcast. And so let's just take a moment now and lift up our prayers to God. God who hears us, knows us, and responds to us. You, O oh God, are our rock and redeemer. You save us, you restore us. You are our ever-present help in times of trouble. We can turn to you, we can trust in you at all times. Direct us, God, to respond generously to you today. Lead us in your paths of righteousness. Transform each of us in this time of worship. We're so humbled, Lord God, that you want to work through each one of us, that from each of our hearts, you want to flow rivers of living water. We want to open our hearts to you, Lord God. And so where our hearts are closed off, we ask for you to reopen them. Where our hearts have become hard like stone, we ask for you to soften them. We hunger and thirst for you, God, and we have found that you are the one who truly satisfies. You are the beginning and end. You are our all in all. In our time together, reveal your mysteries and give us peace, we pray. And let's all say, amen.
let the pain and the sorrow be washed away in the waves of his mercy as we cry out to you we sing come
Our reading today comes from chapter 7 of the Gospel according to John. Hear God's word for you. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now Jesus said this about the Spirit, which believers in Jesus were to receive, for as yet there was no Spirit, because Jesus had not yet glorified. When they heard these words, some in the crowd said, This is really the prophet. Others said, This is the Messiah. But some asked, Surely the Messiah does not come from Galilee, does he? Has not the scripture said that the Messiah is descended from David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David lived? So there was a division in the crowd because of Jesus. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. When the temple police went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, why did you not arrest Jesus? The police answered, never has anyone spoken like this. Then the Pharisees replied, surely you have not been deceived too, have you? Has any one of the authorities or of the Pharisees believed in Jesus? But this crowd, which does not know the law, they are accursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus before, and who was one of them, asked, Our law does not judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they are doing, does it? They replied, Surely you are not also from Galilee, are you? Search and you will see that no prophet is to arise from Galilee. Here ends today's reading. Praise God that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Praise God indeed. And so for today, uh, I will be sharing the message from our river. This is, our, this is to symbolize our rivers of living water. Okay, will you pray with me, church? God, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of each one of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. Lord God, we humbly ask for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, last week's theme was bread, and today's theme is water. Yes, yes. On the last day of a religious festival in the city of Jerusalem, Jesus boldly proclaims, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. Water provides physical sustenance. We cannot survive without water. And Jesus points out that people need not only the physical sustenance that comes with water, they also need spiritual sustenance. Jesus provides the physical sustenance and the spiritual sustenance that people need. Now, I love creeks and rivers and lakes and oceans. There's something very powerful and at the same time calming for me about being around bodies of water. I try to regularly walk 
or cycle on a local trail. And for parts of it, the trail borders a creek. Uh, it also borders a river. And depending on the time of year, the water burbles and chatters. In times of drought, the waters reduce to a trickle and they're not very chatty. In times of heavy rain, the waters seem like they're on a mission and they push themselves into places where they're not particularly welcome. Now, whatever the time of year, whether the creek and the river are running low or high, fast or slow, or in between, it's all good. The poet Wendell Berry, he puts it a little more elegantly, and he writes a poem titled, Water. And in the poem, he writes this. I love the water of wells and springs and the taste of roofs in the water of cisterns. I am a dry man whose thirst is praise of clouds and whose mind is something of a cup. My sweetness is to wake in the night after days of dry heat hearing the rain. And again, that's the poet Wendell Berry. He's just a, a beautiful poet. He writes, uh, especially on the environment. Now, I get physical exercise when I'm walking on the trail. I also get spiritual exercise when I'm on the trail. Now, it would be a stretch to call it a nature trail as it goes through residential areas and industrial areas. There's some busy roads to cross along the way, and I used to find the roads and the developments an intrusion, but we're all just trying to live with each other. Some days better than others, right? Some people more aware of the gift of the trail and some people less aware. Now, along the, the uh, creek in particular, along the river too, there are some small pieces of land where the deer hang out, some foxes. There's always a variety of birds and what seems like a million squirrels. And I call these spaces, these small spaces, I call them in-between spaces. And when I'm on the trail during an in-between time, when the sunrise has just started, this is an ideal time to see all the creatures. Now this in-between space, it doesn't occupy hundreds of acres of nature. It's just a bit here and there, right? Just a space here and there. Sometimes we have to be content with those in-between spaces until we can get to a more remote place and have a broader view. Now one day, when I was walking, I counted 17 turkey vultures. And then uh, they were in that in-between space, right? They were in between the trail and a landfill, okay? Uh, another day, I counted 32 turkey vultures, and they were congregating there in the trees. They're creepy-looking creatures, if you've ever seen a turkey vulture. Uh, but they also remind me that we are all occupying in-between space throughout our lives, right? In-between creation and resurrection, holding that in-between space for God and for one another. Now, we all need the creek. We all need the river. The animals need it for sipping. The people need it for reflecting. And the waters have good manners, right? The waters talk with me when I come by and I am so grateful. Now the community of Israel absolutely understood the importance of water. And Jesus is a part of the community of Israel, and he's in Jerusalem during a seven-day festival. And this festival is called Sukkot. You may have heard it by another name, the Feast of Tabernacles. Sometimes it's called the Festival of Booths. 
And the festival commemorates the time that the community of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And they were in booths or tents, uh, is a more contemporary word. So if you've ever driven by a local synagogue uh, while they're celebrating this festival of booths, what are you going to see outside the, fe- the synagogue? You'll see the tents, right? You'll see those booths. And again, this is to symbolize the time that the Israelites spent in the wilderness. And during that time in the wilderness, the community had some ups and downs. Remember, at one point they were lacking water, and God miraculously provided water from a rock to sustain the community. So at this yearly festival of booths, Sukkot, the community, they would observe a water ritual. So each day, for the first six days of this festival, each day the priest would march in procession to a pool that was near the temple. And at the pool, the priest would fill a golden pitcher with water. Okay? The priest would return to the temple accompanied by community members who repeated those words from the prophet Isaiah, therefore with joy you will draw water out of the wells of salvation. And the priest would eventually make it back in to the temple and he would process around the uh, altar with that golden pitcher of water and people would sing psalms and, and then the priest would pour out the pitcher of water to God as an offering. And the water ritual, again, every day for the first six days of the festival, this water ritual, it commemorated the time in the wilderness when God provided water. And the water ritual also celebrated the rain that had come in the previous year. And one more thing, the water ritual also served as a prayer for rain to come in the uh, the year ahead, for the rains to continue. So on that last day of this festival in Jerusalem, Jesus makes his bold pronouncement, right? Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. Jesus meets a physical need and Jesus also meets something deeper, right? That need for the spirit. And what does Jesus say? Out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now the title of today's message is leaky hearts. Jesus expects of us that from our hearts, from our hearts, are to flow rivers of living water. Now, this doesn't make a lot of sense if we take it literally, right? Our hearts cannot literally expel rivers of living water. The Gospel of John then clarifies it for us, right? Now, Jesus said this about what? About the Spirit which believers in Jesus were to receive. Whoa, what a wonderful gift from God through Jesus, the gift of the Spirit. So believers in Jesus were to receive the Spirit, and we are to allow that Spirit to flow us, flow through us to others throughout the world. We are to let our hearts leak out rivers of living water, which are symbolic of the Spirit. We're not to hold on to the Spirit. We let it go. We let it flow through us to reach and to touch others. Our hearts are to be conduits of the Spirit. Our hearts are to be open to receive, and our hearts are to be open to give. Now, if we shut down our hearts, if we lock them up, throw away the key, we deny ourselves a gift from God. And we also deny a gift to others, right? Because remember, God wants to work through us to reach others. 
Now, there are all sorts of reasons to shut down our hearts, right? To let them turn into stone, close them off. What are some of those reasons? Well, we've had negative experiences in the past, right? Being taken advantage of when we opened our hearts. I guess I'm the only one who's ever experienced that. Oh, yeah, right? We have some good reasons to shut down our hearts. We've been taken advantage of in the past when we've opened our hearts. Maybe we closed off our hearts from God and from others because uh, we've been hurt or we hurt someone and we don't want to risk getting hurt again and we don't want to risk hurting someone else again, right? And maybe our hearts are shut down simply because we're tired or we don't have the energy to receive or to give. Maybe our hearts are tucked away because we believe ourselves to be too busy to receive or too busy to give and manage all the expectations that come with being a conduit of the Spirit. Now maybe our hearts have turned to stone not due to any conscious choice or decision, but because we are so distracted by so many different things, we haven't taken the time to practice keeping our hearts open. Now, there's no fancy theological paragraph we need to memorize. There's no doctrine to follow. We just need to set some moments aside on a regular basis and say something like this, Holy Spirit, flow through me. Holy Spirit, flow through me. Every now and again, we stop and we pause. Now, I would rejoice in being part of quenching someone's spiritual thirst, but sometimes I am simply too preoccupied with stuff that does not matter, the small things, right, that pile up week to week. Did I complete the tasks? Did I check and, and recheck those messages? Did I ensure that follow-up was provided? Did I check everything off the to-do list? To escape life's preoccupations, we have to clear things out. And how do we clear things out? Maybe we walk beside a creek, right? Maybe we listen to a river. Maybe we sit on a beach, amen? <laughs> Boy, that'd be nice. Sunshine the beach. When we go to the water, wherever the water is, whatever part of the world, when we go to the water, when we take time to pause and to listen, we start to understand the importance, the power of the living waters that Jesus calls on us to share with others, the living waters of that holy and healing spirit. There is someone in our lives who is so parched right now, so in need of renewal and re-energizing. There is someone in our lives who is experiencing yet another day of dehydration, thirsting for forgiveness and grace. There is someone in our lives who is feeling dried up and useless, and they need to hear from God through us. All we have to do is let our hearts leak to share those rivers of living water placed within us by a God of love and mercy. Now, of course, like Jesus, sharing those rivers of living water may get us into a bit of trouble. The spiritual life, remember, involves resistance, and we're called to push through resistance, move beyond people who want to control. Now, Jesus continues to have challenges 
with those religious authorities. Those religious authorities want to control spirituality. They're not interested in anything flowing freely. And we always have to be aware of the religious authorities in Jesus' day. We always have to be aware of the religious authorities in our day. We always have to be aware of those religious authorities who want to build a dam to control the flow of those living waters. Spirituality has never belonged only to the elites. Spirituality is for everyone. The spirit is for everyone. Now these religious authorities, amen, these religious authorities are perturbed, perturbed that the crowd is listening to Jesus. Jesus made his proclamation, right? Let anyone who's thirsty come to me. Let anyone who believes in me drink out of the believer's heart shall flow these rivers of living water. And when they hear these words, some in the crowd say this, this is really the prophet. Others said what? This is the Messiah. But some asked, surely the Messiah does not come from Galilee, does he? Now this is a slam against the more rural area of Galilee. Sometimes there were rivalries, there was some smack talk between the Jerusalem, the folks from Jerusalem, right? Those living out in the country. Now some people were so upset that they wanted Jesus arrested. But the temple police didn't take any action against Jesus. Instead, the temple police, they went back to the chief priests, the other authorities, and, and these authorities asked the temple police, why did you not arrest Jesus? And the police officers answered, never has anyone spoken like this. You see, the religious authorities, they wanted total control over what was spoken and shared in the temple. And they're concerned that the temple police have been deceived by Jesus. And they also believe the crowd to be ignorant. Now, Nicodemus, he tries to calm things down. Nicodemus, he's a Pharisee. He's a man with religious authority. He had visited with Jesus previously, and Nicodemus points out to the religious authorities that our law doesn't judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they're doing, does it? And Nicodemus' statement also doesn't go over very well, right? The religious authorities, they accuse him of also being from the sticks, being from Galilee. So needless to say, rivers of living water are not flowing from the religious authorities. They are suspicious of Jesus. They are closed off to the movement of the Spirit. Now, we don't want to end up like those religious authorities talking down about people from certain areas, trying at all costs to protect our power. Instead, Jesus is saying this, receive the power that I share with you and then give away that power. That's basically what Jesus is saying. Receive the power that I give to you and then give away that power. This is so countercultural in so many ways, right? What are we told? We're told to seek power, to get power, to hold on to power. But Jesus is saying what? Nah, let that power go. Let it go so that it may empower someone else, that it might transform and heal someone. So we let our hearts leak out the Spirit's power. We let our hearts let go of the Spirit that is within. What an honor to serve God in this way. I'm going to end today with a short story. And it's about a person 
that I'll call Tiffany Morgan, okay? Tiffany Morgan and I, we went to the same junior high school together. Uh, we also went to the same high school. Um, and this was in central Iowa. This was many, many years ago, okay? Uh, Tiffany was a leader. She was pretty. And simply put, Tiffany was a mean girl, okay? Just plain mean. And Tiffany truly had it out for me. And I was never quite sure why. My presence just sort of set something off in her. And I once overheard Tiffany saying to her friends, and she probably wanted me to hear it. I once overheard her saying to her friends, I hate that Beth Gowdy. And I thought it was strange because she had so much passion. And she used also my first and my last name. And I do want to stop and share at this point, this is where the person who is telling the story can come off as a little more angelic than reality. And so let me be very clear in saying I was no angel as a teenager. I may not have quite ascended to the level of Tiffany Morgan's meanness. She was truly next level. Uh, but I, I certainly participated in mean stuff as a teenager. I'm not saying any of it was all right, just a part of our development. Anyway, Tiffany Morgan did the mean things typical mean girls would do. No need to go into detail. We probably all have a pretty good idea. And so we graduated from high school, and Tiffany Morgan and I, uh, we did not have contact, right? We blessedly forgot about each other. We went about our lives. And then about 10 years after graduation, I was working a restaurant job, and it was with another high school classmate. And this classmate updated me on Tiffany. Now, Tiffany had moved to another city in the state. And one night, Tiffany was driving on the interstate. Now, as is most typical for people who drive on an interstate in any state, in Iowa or any state, right, you drive at least 70 miles an hour. And Tiffany was driving along one random night. And as Tiffany was driving along, another young woman was walking. And this other young woman was walking in a place that people usually don't walk. And the young woman who was walking, she had made up her mind to take her own life. She walked out onto the interstate highway that very night and right into the path of Tiffany's car. Tiffany didn't see the young woman in time, and Tiffany hit her with her car and killed her. And when I heard that story, my heart started leaking. My start, heart started leaking. All of God's love, all of God's grace flowing through me and out of me for Tiffany and for that young woman. What a terrible tragedy for everyone. Out of my heart flowed the spirit for them. And it wasn't my effort. There was nothing I accomplished or completed. It wasn't something I could take credit for. It was all God. So we don't work ourselves up to share the Spirit with others. We don't decide 
whom God will choose for us to direct the spirit towards. We let our hearts leak. We allow our hearts to leak the spirit toward people in need. Or we don't. We can keep our hearts shut down, but it's always better to let the spirit flow. And we have a river here today, well, not literally, this is our symbol of the rivers of living water. And each person who is in the sanctuary in person received a stone. And on that stone is a leaky heart, the heart that is leaking. So after we pause for a moment in prayer, we're going to think on someone we need to let our hearts leak toward so that the spirit might be shared with that person. We don't need to go to the person in person, right? We're just going to think on that person. Whom is God calling us to, to leak those rivers of living water, to leak the Spirit, so that person might be touched and healed by God? So after I do a a short prayer, everyone is going to be invited forward. So uh, you'll take your your heart, your stone with the, the leaky heart, and you'll place it anywhere here along the rivers of living water. That'll be a symbol of allowing God to work through you to reach whomever God wants to reach with that spirit. So let's pray now. Wonderful God, you have provided us with the spirit. We are so humbled. You have gifted each and every one of us with your spirit your spirit that heals and gives hope. So who is it in our lives that is in need of this spirit? It could be that no one person comes to mind, and yet we know that there's someone who needs our heart to leak so that they may be restored. So whoever it is, God, We make the decision today to share your spirit within us. Let's all say amen. And so, as the song is sung, as the music is played, just come forward as the spirit calls you to come forward. You can pause and reflect at the rivers of living water. And just place your stone wherever you'd like. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me. Studying about that good old way and who 
around. 